From a jack to a king From loneliness to a wedding ring I played an ace and I won a queen And walked away with your heart From a jack to a king With no regret I stacked the cards last night Just right to make me king of your heart for just a little while. I thought that I might lose the game. Then just in time I saw the twinkle in your eye. From a jack to a king. Of your heart Jack to a king From loneliness to a wedding ring I played an ace and I won a queen You made me king of your heart be a piss poor businessman. I have to admit it, because I've never tried in any way to monetize my show. I mean, I don't put any money into it, to be perfectly honest. I record with a $20 headset on a refurbished PC, using freeware to edit it, and posting it on a free WordPress homepage, and then going all on the free hosts, not paying a premium to get it distributed out there. To me, it's supposed to be fun. I see a lot of people who are offer themselves to be guests on podcasts, and the first thing they say is, how much do you pay me to be a guest on your podcast? No, I won't. I'm not going to pay you. I don't pay to record and produce my podcast. I'm not going to pay you to be on it. And there's a contrary as well. There's one guy on Reddit, he's charging $500 to be on his show, saying that he has a big show with thousands of downloads, and he's a big name, and he's going to give you big exposure. You don't know any of it, though. He doesn't give you proof of any of that, but... He charges you upfront $500 to be on his show. I wouldn't think of that at all. If I had 30,000 downloads a week and AMW came to me and said, we'd like to advertise on your show, I would be freaking stoked. I would do it for free just for the prestige of having the best burger joint in Canada advertise on my show. 
I don't think like that. So I would be a piss poor businessman. I would take the money that I need to stay afloat and not try to enrich myself so much on other people's back. It doesn't compute in my head. And it's the same thing when it comes to game. I know big segue. When it comes to competing, it just doesn't compute in my head. I lose interest completely. I mentioned before in a previous episode, when I was a teenager, I, I was in a boarding school for uh, five years in a place where we would go out once a month for four days. The rest of the month, even on weekends, we were there. We were living there. So we had to do a lot to keep ourselves busy. And sports was a big factor. So we did pretty much every sport known to men. So I wasn't bad when I graduated, but I didn't continue. I didn't pursue because I had reached a level where it was becoming just plain aggressive. The need to win was compulsive for everybody, and it was not fun for me at all anymore. I was offered to, to play football in college, and I did the tryouts, and these people were just freaking insane. There was no way I'm going to kill myself on that field for no good reason. I'm supposed to have fun, and I don't want to have fun. And it's the same thing with gaming. I see people spending hours, days in front of their computers with no real stake, but to them it's like life and death. And I've seen friendship and relationships dissolve because of a gaming tiff. I don't get that. I don't understand. I don't get gaming point, to be honest with you. Except recently, uh, my friend Scott Mayer, whom you hear regularly on the show with his uh, wife Pam, and our friend Alex from Captain and Meerkat, they do a stream every week, several times a week, uh, look for Captain and Skiba. It's really fun. Recently, they've been playing something called Sea of Thieves, which, from what I understand, is like Grand Theft Auto, but it's on a, a pirate boat. and You just sail around and blow stuff up and steal and kill and go on quests. I don't really get the gist of the game, but I love listening to them playing it. It's so much fun to banter. Sometimes they're screaming. Sometimes they're panicking. Sometimes they're singing. I'm kid you not. I should record that and put that on the show. Alex, I swear to God, one of these days I'm going to record your singing on a stream and put it in here. I love listening to them while I work. I don't even watch the game. I just, I do my work on my screen, but the audio is them singing and playing and having fun. That I get the bonding, the fun experience. It's the same reason I, I, do a music podcast. It's not so much to discover music, but when I have guests, I have them select music as a jumping point to meet them, to discover them, to exchange with them. The human factor of their musical taste is what interests me. So same thing with that stream by Scott and his, uh, his wife and his friend. It's the human factor of listening to them play that game that interests me. But playing the game itself, it would be something boring for me. You would not have fun with me. I would, I don't making my character just dance around all day long. I wouldn't try to do anything really good. And that's how I am. I would have fun with it. And that's my point. Games should be fun. I don't say games should be played by children only. I'm saying games should be fun. So when we get to professional sports and you get these, these athletes and yeah, I, I, I can see these people have worked hard to be where they are. But people who win $30 million a year to push a puck in a net, I used to do that in my backyard every freaking day when I was a kid for free. I don't get that. I don't compute that. If I were a businessman, I would not make much money. I don't get the competitive side. 
Welcome after midnight. My name is Anthony from Montreal, Canada. I'm a night shift worker. I've been for the last 16 years because during the day, I take care of my two teenagers, who are both acutely autistic. These me very little time to keep my sanity, and I certainly won't do it with playing games. So I do this. Every week I play five songs related to one specific topic. This week, we're talking about toys and games. And it started with Ned Miller. It's a song from 1957. It's a song I grew up with. My parents used to listen to old records. I mean, I grew up in the 70s, and the music they were listening to was already old, like Paul Anka and Neil Sedaka and Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and Ned Miller, who uh, scored a big crossover hit with this, because it's a country song, basically released it in 1957, but went completely unnoticed. He recorded it in 1962, convinced his record label to release it again as a single, and it was a huge, massive hit, top 10 hit across the board in the U.S. People who don't really like country music liked that song back then. That's a crossover hit for you. Uh, it's a bit cheesy now, and of course it's quite misogynistic. I mean, it's a product of an ancient time. I'm not saying it's okay, I'm not saying it's an excuse, I'm saying... View it as what it is, a product of an ancient time that thankfully doesn't exist. When he says, I'm the king of your heart, it's like women are just an object to be acquired because I'm your king. That was how people were thinking in the 50s. Again, I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying it's what it was. And it's not like that anymore for most people, hopefully. But it's a fun sound to listen to as an historical artifact, if you will. It's entertaining. Got a nice little ditty. And what can I say? I grew up with it. My parents used to listen to it all the time. Thank you so much for being back with me. Next new songs. Enjoy. Watch your children round me. Abandon well, don't ask me to tell if they slipped and fell. I'm just a
watch your children round me Oh baby, well, don't ask me to tell if they slipped and fell I'm just a salesman with my suitcase in hand There's a, a perfect plan that I'm working on That I'm working Information that reveals this weapon's only weakness. And you, my friend, are responsible for delaying my rendezvous with Star Command! You are a toy! You weren't the real Buzz Lightyear, you're, a, you're an action figure! You are a child's plaything! You are a sad, strange little man. Get about your house and cars And 
one of my top 50 favorite songs of all time from what I think is one of the best albums of the 2000 Radioheads, uh, House of Cards from In Rainbows in 2007. Oftentimes when I have guests on the show, I ask them to give me one song for five categories. And to me, this one would apply to all five. I love driving to that song. It gives me a nice cruising feeling. I love uh, listening to it when I'm down. It's got a nice warm vibe to it. And it, it warms me up. It picks me up. I love listening to it while I'm having sex, but just I don't listen to music when I have sex anymore. And and yeah, I would love to have that song played at my funeral, even though it's about sexual relationships. I don't care. I love the vibe of that song. It was that the, the whole album was recorded at Tottenham House in England, and it was built in the 1700s, and it's uh, reputed to have a, a haunted ambiance inside the house. And you can almost hear that with this track in particular. It, it's a little bit eerie, but not in a bad way. As I said, it, it's warm. It has a warm vibe. It picks you up. Really love it. And I hope you liked it too. Before that, a band from Canada, indie rock band from Canada called Hot Hot Heat. The song was Jingle Jangle. It was from uh, their album Elevator, second album that they released in 2005. Sadly, they're no longer are active. They announced in 2016 that they would release one last album and that was it afterwards they would be done. And they were. They released an album in 2016, their fifth and final, and they've been gone since. But I really like... Um, I like the gist of this song. Yes, it's a little bit 1990s. Uh, they were signed uh, right off the bat when they started. They were signed by a Seattle label. So that gives you an idea why it sounds a little bit like a Seattle band of the 1990s. But still, there's something to it that I really like. There's something quite Canadian, I should say, to it that I absolutely love. And I hope you enjoyed it, too. Speaking of enjoyment, it is this time of the show, time to speak to a fellow British podcaster. And no, it's not Scott Mayar. It's his co-host, Alex Fodderingham. Podcast Posse. I'm doing an episode on uh, gaming, and I wanted to talk to a gamer because I, I absolutely do not game. I honestly, I think my partner has a, an original Nintendo somewhere in a cupboard, but otherwise we don't play games. So I, I want to know, what's the appeal? Uh, what, what do I find appealing about, ga about gaming? So there's two aspects to it. So for games, say, like Call of Duty Warzone, I enjoy the competitive side to it. I like to try and win a game. I like to try and get a large amount of kills. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, it's that. that get that your kill on. Good. Get my kill on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then for like a, a an RPG, a, a role-playing game, um, be a different character. You know, play play somebody that you're not, I guess. And then wonder the world of, say, um, say Grand Theft Auto, for example. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're running around uh, a fake Los Angeles map, stealing cars, shooting people running away from the police. And I can't do that in real life, so it's good to escape into a game like that and do that there. <laughs> well, some um, do. Some people do, but okay, I, I get you. I get you what you mean. Or as or as you've seen recently, um, myself, Scott, and Pam have been playing Sea of Thieves. Which um, I, I, I'm assuming is kind of, it's like uh, it's like Grand Theft Auto, except it's pirates. So it's the same thing as pirates, right? Because there's no story, right, there's no sorry. goal to the game except play the game. Uh, yeah, so I guess the goal to the game, apparently there is a, an, an end game. I don't know too much about that game, but for me, it's the social aspect. So I'm talking to 
to two of my friends. I'm having a laugh. We're we're getting things done. We you know we're pretending to be pirates. We're we're killing skeletons. We're we're doing quests, uh, riddles, and things like that. It's it's it, yeah that it's the social aspects of it a lot as well. So rather than uh, meeting you, in a bar, you meet in the gaming room and you play games with your friends. That's okay. yeah. Never seen yeah, it that exactly. way. All right, nobody explained it to me that way. So thank you. What's your okay. uh, favorite game? All the games you've played, even if it's back in the nineteen nineties. What's your your favorite one? The one you say this is the game that that got me off the most. Battlefield Three. So it's a game made by EA and Dice, a company called Dice, um, and it was the it was the first uh, multiplayer game that I played. It's you're set in a a war zone basically. And, and, and you're on random maps. Um, I think it was 32 at, um, per, per squad. Um, and you'd both start at two different ends of the map. And, and the, the game mode I, I, I used to play a lot was, um, you basically capture the flag. So there was three different kind of zones, A, B, and C. And, um, the more you dominated those, those zones, the, 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 the quicker the counter went down and, and the people that are left with, more numbers. So if if you end up at zero on the counter, you've lost the game. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't really get it because I said I'm not a gamer, but I, I, I'll look it up. Is it an old game? I want to say I played it eight years ago. Yeah, that that's like a century ago in gaming time. <laughs> it's like three consoles yeah, no. ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was about, in fact, it was about nine, ten years ago it was released. Um. It was a game that I was actually really good at as well. I, I spent a lot of time focusing on it. Not, not with the aspiration of becoming like a, a, a competitive professional, yeah. um, gamer, but I just wanted to do well. I wanted my stats to be good, my, my, uh, kill death ratio to be good. And I wanted to win the games. I, I took it seriously. Um, that's really cool. And, and then sometimes had a laugh with it as well, like putting C4 on a buggy, um, getting somebody to drive that buggy up to, uh, an enemy's tank, and then I'm stood 500 meters back, and he's going down the mic, blow it, blow it, and I blow the C4, destroys the tank, and yeah, it's it's you know, it was a cool way of of, of getting a kill. <laughs> you have a perverse mind. Okay, if <laughs> if I wanna if I wanna get into gaming, let's say hypothetically, mm. I I know nothing about games, and I don't, and I want to get into gaming. What's the one game you recommend that will help me understand that world and get me started into it? Oh wow, yeah. I know. I don't know either. So if see, you don't, I'm screwed. See, see, 20 years ago, I would have said Tetris, man. Get on Tetris. <laughs> Tetris is awesome. But, yeah. but we're not. <laughs> okay. I've played Tetris. Let's, let's be, let's be <laughs> honest here. I haven't played games like PlayStation games or, or Wii or all those consoles. I know nothing about them, but basic arcade games like Pac-Man or Tetris or stuff like that. Yes, I have played them. I have been young once. Yeah. Uh, so, so what's the game you would say aside from Tetris? Uh, let's say a game from the last twenty years that would explain to me what it is gaming and get me into it. What sort of age demographic are we talking? <laughs> are we talking um, a forty-year-old man or a twenty-year-old? Well, for me, for me, a mid-forties. Mid-forties. Okay, yeah. I would. And this is a game you're just going to play on your own. It's just for you to play. To I don't know. I don't know. You, you tell me. I, I want to get into. Life. Let's if I wanted to get. I don't. But if I wanted to get into gaming. Okay. Cool. So, a game that you could sit down with your family, Mario Kart, for example. Um, if you just wanted to play something on your own, I would. Wow. 
Well, Mario Kart is a good suggestion, so I'll go with that. I'll start well, with Mario Kart, I, and if I like it, I, I'll tell you, and if I don't like it, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, ma- ma- Mario Kart's a lot of fun, and it's it's very family friendly as well. Uh, family friendly as well. I know you are obviously you are you are a father and a husband, so um, you can't you can't always have like gory like Doom, for example. You couldn't have Doom Eternal playing on your screen because if you if you I know what that is. I never played, but I know what Doom is. I heard about Doom. Yeah, I know Doom. That. All Doom right. was a fantastic game back then. It was a fantastic game. I've never played it, but I've seen it. Mm. I've seen the movie too, and it sucks. Um, thank you so I much. I haven't seen the movie. Oh, wait, with The Rock. Come on, you've never seen that. It's one of the most horrible movies ever made. And it, it's like the no, game that it goes it. into, it goes into player mode. So you kind of, you don't see the actor. You see the point of view of the actor. Like he's killing monsters in the movie. It's really, it's terrible. You should, you should, you should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, podcast listener. Bitchy the Hamster here to let you know that Alex Fodderingham, whom you just listened to, has a podcast of his own called Kevin and the Meerkat. It's brand new, and he got... Well, it's not brand new. He, he started it like, like like two years ago, and then he kind of stopped. You can listen to his podcast every month on the Podcast Posse homepage, which can be found at podcastposse.wordpress.com. And that's it. I'm not going to do a joke, because you can't always wait for a joke. No, no joke. Just move on. You're still waiting, aren't you? Oh, fuck uh, okay, joke, joke, joke. Um, two butt cheeks ran into each other on the street. One says, hey, how's it going? And the other one goes, oh, you know. I'm up on the tie wire. One side's ice and one is fire. It's a circus game with you and me. I'm up on the tie rope. One side's hate and one is hope But the top hat on my head is all you see And the wire seems to be the only place for me A comedy of errors and I'm falling Like a rubber neck giraffe You look into my past Well, maybe just too blind to see I'm up in the spotlight Oh, does it feel right? Well, the altitude seems to get to me I'm up on a tight wire Flanked by life and the funeral pyre But hang on a show for you to see I'm up in the spotlight Oh, does it feel right? Well, the altitude really gets to me I'm up on the tie wire Flanked by life and the funeral pyre But I ain't gonna show
Game Guy Games. I only carry games made before 1977. After that, things went downhill faster than a wagon full of fat kids. 1977? That's like... a hundred years ago!
Scottish band Primal Scream from their second album in 2006. The song is Dolls because it fits with the theme of toys and games. <laughs> Always like that song to, uh, to pick me up. I mentioned some songs will fit some, if not all, the categories that I impose on my guests. This one is perfect to pick me up. Primal Scream is always perfect to pick me up. Every song they do always puts a spring in my step. I don't know how to do it. don't know what it is, but just the first bars go on, and it just picks me up. Plus, this one is perfect for driving. Driving fast, though, but perfect for driving. Hope you liked it. Before that, a classic song from an absolute legend, Leon Russell with Type Rope. 1972, passed away sadly in 2016 at the age of uh, 74, if I'm not mistaken. I should look it up. But I know that he did record a whopping 33 albums in his lifetime for, I think, a total of 430 or 40 songs. Pretty impressive stuff. Collaborated with the greatest, and I mean absolutely the greatest, collaborated with Bob Dylan, uh, Tina Turner, Frank Sinatra, the Rolling Stones, Elton John, the Beach Boys, I mean, name them, he's worked with them, either as a musician or a songwriter or a producer or a singer. He's done it all. And a lot of artists consider him to be their mentor, if not their absolute model and inspiration. And I think a lot of people today don't really know who he is, even though he's such a great freaking legend. People know Tightrope. You heard those first few bars and you said, yeah, I heard that song, TV show and an ad on movie. But nobody knows who Leon Russell is, so please, this is your chance. Discover the great legend that he was. Go on Wikipedia and Google. Go to our regular store, if such a thing still exists in your community, and find out who Leon Russell was. That's all for this week. Thanking you so much for being back with me and thanking um, Alex Fotheringham for his appearance. Hopefully, we'll have him back again in the upcoming episodes if he has time. One last song for you to listen to before we go. As usual, this was a head-scratcher because I wanted to leave with a classic, with a song that everybody knows and would enjoy to finish this show. So I was thinking maybe Queen the Game or uh, The Who Pinball Wizard, which, by the way, was inspired by a Montreal singer-songwriter and not by a guru, as Pete Townsend said. If you want to know the story about it, please reach out. I will happily tell you who it is and why. Uh, I was thinking um, a great classic, like I said, and i a child of the 80s, so I decided to go with 1980s. I mentioned Leon Russell, that a lot of people don't know who he is or don't remember who he is. In 1984, Weird Al Yankovic's second album became a huge sensation, started parodying people. And the thing is, 30 years later, he is still relevant. He remained relevant longer than most of the artists he's parodied. I mean, think about it. Think about all the singers who's... Huge hit song is covered, and they disappeared when he did, uh, he did uh, Hamish Paradise, which was Gangster Paradise by, what's his name, Coolio? What's he done recently? He did one song, and then he was gone. This song we're playing today is uh, I Lost on Jeopardy from 1984, his second album, which was a parody of Our Loves in Jeopardy by the Greg Kin Band. Nobody knows who they are today. You know their songs, some of them. You're going to listen to them, and you're going to say, is this Billy Idol? Everybody forgot who they are, the Greg King Band. I could research them, but they haven't been active for a while, from what I know. But Weird Al Yankovic still is. He's still relevant. He's still active. He's still big. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody loves his stuff. And especially this one. People uh, back then were talking about Eat It and these Michael Jackson songs he was doing. I was listening to this one. There was something about this song that really always caught my attention. And I hope that you will like it, too. 
thanking you again for being with me this week. Please come back next time for a guest. Leaving you with Weird Al Ankovic. I lost in Jeopardy. Have a good week. you didn't win a 20-volume set of the Encyclopedia International, a case of turtle wax, and a year's supply of rice the San Francisco treat. But that's not all. You also made yourself look like a jerk in front of millions of people, and you brought shame and disgrace on your family name for generations to come. You don't get to come back tomorrow. You don't even get a lousy copy of our home game. You're a complete loser. Anthony, will you kiss your mother goodbye?